Welcome back, guys. My name is Dimitri Sebastian. And I'm Wes Kendall. And we are back in session where your fitness and lifestyle questions are answered and bro science is put to the test. Welcome back, guys. This week, we're doing another episode. We're covering some small business stuff. We're starting out with lifestyle updates, and then we're going to go into some sales. Uh, we're going to talk about handling objections, some experiences that me and Demetri have had. We'll go into a little bit on some Facebook ads, what we've seen about targeting, some good brand awareness strategies, and the difference between real and fake followers. So check it out. Leave us your listener questions and let us know what you think. Thanks, guys. We are back in the West compound and I had another interaction with Ken the gate guard. We did. I did. Did he, is he starting to remember you now? He that does remember me, but then he also complimented me, which is very important to me. Well, I mean, you don't have the freshest of haircuts. So I don't, but he didn't comment on the haircut. Say? He looked at me and he was just like, I really like your sunglasses. Oh, I was like, okay. thank you. He's like, and he's like, did not let me go. He's just like, I feel like there's a lot of good sunglasses out there, <laughs> but you nailed it with those sunglasses. And I'm just like, damn, thank you. Thank you so much for that. What a nice guy. I'm just wearing like, they're like some Oakley, uh, what is this standard issue? They're, they're like yeah. the not in reg kind of cooler ones okay. that I still wear in uniform. But yeah, the, I was just like, you know what? Waiting for some E5 to say something. Just like, say something. <laughs> well, for me, it's more like some E7 or E8. Like, yeah. They're the ones who come after me. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I didn't know I needed that compliment. Yeah. But I did. After that, you you appreciated it? Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like smiling on my way in. I was like, this is good. What, what a great way to just come into come into my effective work day on a Sunday. You know, I aspire to be someone like Kent, who's just, you know, that supportive and friendly to strangers, you know? Yeah, like, he just has, like, nice things to say about people. And I think yeah. that I have a big problem of not doing that. I, like, drift away from people. And I, I have nice things to say about... I could probably find something nice to say about almost anyone. Right. But, like, I avoid it. Yeah. But he, like, he like leans into it. He, he finds made a way. sure that you understood. <laughs> like, what an awesome way to be. Yeah. And that's just... And that's that's where I'm at. Where, how are you? <laughs> Good. Uh, just did the Mother's Day thing. Uh, so happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, you're doing, you know, something that the rest of us couldn't. So appreciate Ex you for exactly. that. Exactly. I, I literally can't I do what a mother does. It's science. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't want to cross any lines. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, but I yes, that thank statement. you to all of our mothers and adopted or fostering mothers yeah. or dads any that capacity. do mom things in any you're, motherly capacity thank you're you. all great yep so we basically uh just got together um with the family and you know i made i decided to make these cajun shrimp boil packets so so were they like pre-made seasoning packets and you just threw everything in like a boiling pot or nope so uh i created like these foil uh packets out of tinfoil, oh. and I put potatoes, andouille sausage, shrimp, uh, some butter, olive oil, and Old Bay. Old, Old Bay, Bay is critical. Old Bay is where it's at. Yep, and then I cooked it for like 15 minutes on the grill, and it just like everything mixes together and gets all hot and steamy, and it's like, uh, what was that place you were talking about? Oh, Angry Crab. Angry Crab, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. something like that. So. You know I like it hot and steamy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Very Cajun, very very good so that, that's always a treat a little bit uh of work on the front end but 
always worth always it. pays off yeah always pays off i saw you didn't eat your corn though when you were i didn't i was a little full um i already had a whole thing of corn i don't need another one you can so. get me into a whole argument about corn though about how corn is a shit crop and we shouldn't eat it, <laughs> it i is. mean like i eat corn look at your shit the next day what's still in there the corn corn or at least the outside of it Shit crop Poop on the inside. <laughs> How dare you challenge my... <laughs> yeah. Well, popcorn is my favorite food, I have to admit. I'm not going to lie. I mean, popcorn doesn't fall under corn. It's a completely different thing. Is it? Technically, it is. You're right. I think it's a different... Like, yeah, it's a different... It's, it's a whole different seed. You're right. It's not it, even... get, getting past that. <laughs> getting past it. Yeah. So, overall, it seems like you're doing a little bit better. You're actually taking some responsibility for life and being uh, good during the shutdown phase of things. Trying to, you know. I've gotten to the point where my body produces like zero serotonin and we've officially decided to start taking my vitamin D supplement again because yes. not only am I pale, but <laughs> I am pale in attitude. So we've, uh, I've started taking my uh, vitamin D again. That's a recommendation to all of you. If you're finding that you're feeling extra shitty, um, not only just from like a lack of exercise and all that stuff, which obviously is having an effect on a vast majority of us, uh, start taking vitamin D, uh, preferably with a K2 supplement alongside that to help with absorption. K2, remember that. Yeah, K1 is not the same, Mm-mm. and it will, it should help. I've started again for the last, like, three days, and uh, last time, because what happens is if you don't have enough vitamin D, your testosterone doesn't uh, produce as well, you can't absorb it, and you start losing all of it. Uh, you start losing a lot of those good, uh, good feel hormones. The immune system drops, too. Say again? Immune system drops, yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can just go outside in the sun yeah. if you're not a piece of shit like me. In Arizona, you only need about 15 minutes of sunlight on one-third of your body to get 400 IUs of vitamin D, which is like the minimum dose. Minimum. because yeah, I think the ones, the pills have are 5,000 IU. Yeah. You can take much more, especially if you're deficient, you mm-hmm. need more. Yeah. But like, that's like enough to not get a disease if you did that every day. There's a, a really <laughs> funny thing I saw online. And it was a joke, but a lot of people took it seriously. And it was about, um, actually, I don't know if it was a joke, but it became a joke. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was like a yoga thing for outdoors. And they're talking about how like showing your b-hole to the sun <laughs> for 30 minutes a day will create a healthier, happier life. <laughs> and they have like someone out on like a hill. It was like in Arizona, yeah. like on their shoulders with their legs up in the air That's and their hilarious. butt exposed to the air at the sky. Getting some direct vitamin And D. I was sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, they might have something here. <laughs> Maybe they're on something. Maybe. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But otherwise from that, with the lack of serotonin and vitamin D, Wes and I have actually decided that we are going to be making some changes Mm -hmm. to the podcast. What that entails is that we're going to be taking a uh, two-week quote-unquote break. And that's not to say that we're going to stop producing content and doing things. Actually, what our idea is is to restructure things a little bit and be treating this a little bit more like a business. Right. Because at this time, we've been kind of off the cuff. We don't really Mm -hmm. plan things. And we want to get ourselves to the point where we're on a schedule. We can provide you better content. Uh, Wes and I have been wanting to do more video work, but at the same time, we're always like trying to plan it day of and it falls apart very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to put out a better product. And I think the best way for us to do that, well, Wes actually recommended this, is that we take a tactical pause and figure out how we're going to do that and then come back, you know, more together. Yes. Some like brainstorming ideas that we've already considered is uh, we're thinking of doing like some segments built in the show, you know, that you'd have repeating from certain episodes, you know, based on the theme, something we can do for like listener questions with like, you know, Kendall's corner, possibly 
No, Kendall's, co- Kendall's corner is already yeah. in. I thought of it. It's it's active in yeah, my mind. So come over there. here and answer some questions. Um, and then, you know, some other stuff on, like, the Dimitri Does It section. We're going to definitely do something else with uh, some type of nutrition or fun diet, right? Yeah, exactly. We're, it's, yeah. It's, we're looking to make this into something that is both enjoyable for us but actually functional mm-hmm. i think we were sort of drifting in a weird direction where we were like just continuing to do it because we felt well other people are quitting so as long as we keep doing it we'll be yeah. fine but at the end of the day it was like no we should probably actually put out a great product yeah it's tough because it we're, we're being forced to restructure because we can't do our normal gym stuff you know exactly it, and like, then when the gym yeah. does come back we'll be able to put out better products right yeah then we could do both it'll be it'll be good it's a win-win for everyone so just know that you know now is a chance to catch up on those exactly. old episodes good, good that spin. To. that's a that is a perfect spin zone this is a good opportunity for all of you to catch up on the backlog that you haven't been able to catch up on before we see those views dwindling i know you're, you're missing some of those middle episodes yep 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 yeah but we're i think we're gonna try and keep putting some stuff out on instagram and we're still making the uh we're gonna start making the transfer over to twitter here soon i've been looking into that mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what this means for us. I think it gives us a moment to not necessarily slow down, but actually speed up by improving our process so that we can work harder, but more efficiently. Yeah, what what do they say in the army? Work smarter rather than oh, that's what they say the enlisted at least. Yeah, work, work smarter rather than harder. Yeah, the officers don't do that. We You're just, like expected to work smarter, <laughs> and that's where we fail. But yeah, so that's where we're at with that. So expect a reopening from us here in the next two weeks. But you know, when we're talking about reopenings, so what? I, June first? You want to say first week in June? Uh, right. well, it's two weeks from now. It's May tenth. So we'd be coming back on. Tuesday the 26th. Okay, so last week. In yeah, we'll say, yeah, I don't want to push it three weeks. Yeah, we're doing 26th. Okay, 26th. Last week in uh, May, we're having our next episode. It's yes. on the air. So, uh, I think Arizona was set to start reopening on the 15th, correct? Well, I mean, we had a soft reopening, as they said. Because I can go get a haircut now, yes. and I am very stoked I can go it. get my nails did if I wanted or to. Or I can go get a tattoo. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. These are all weird options that they decided to reopen. You can go to Golfland, too. Golfland. Golfland? Mesa. What's Golfland? Yes. Sunsplash Golfland. Could I, could I go to, like, a Top Golf? Um, I probably... I think that might have been open. I know the driving ranges have been open, but regardless. Regardless, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're opening things up, which is, uh, I think there's a lot of people who will argue against that. Um, I think they can make fair arguments against yeah. that. Uh, but right. in the grand scheme of things, I am happy that we're trying to take steps to get society up and running again, and we're doing it in a way that's a step-by-step process, and we're doing it safely. And instead of just opening up the floodgates and saying, hey, everybody, we're going to the bars, and we're going to go get figgity fucked up and potentially spread this. Because we all know the second that Maya's open up again, there's going to be a whole lot of bodily fluids swapped and potentially oh, yeah. issues. Oh, yeah. There's going to be people like coughing on, high-fiving, sweating on each other. What do you think? Are you going to go somewhere like would you are you going to go to a restaurant this weekend or something? So, my plan my plan is to actually uh be a little bit cautious. I probably will. I was actually going to ask you. I guess I'll ask you now. Yeah. Cuz Tay's going to be up next weekend. Okay. I was saying we should go on, like a double date go like steakhouse. Home. I haven't oh. had a good steak in a long time at like, yeah. a restaurant. So, okay. if the restaurants are open, I'd like to do something like that. Uh I'm but down. I'm actually doing the, uh, there was a really funny meme I saw on like, it was Twitter, but it was from Instagram. Yeah. And it was like a picture of like 
someone from the office like peeking through the blinds. It's like <laughs> me watching all the white people run out into the coronavirus. <laughs> so I'm going to actually take that kind of view on it and just kind of like take a second. I'm not going to like full like blast into life and go crazy. I'm not a big bar dude or going out guy in the first place as we know. Yeah. But the second those gyms open. Yeah, you're going to not I, I'm going to I'm going to go get myself infected immediately. Like that's that's where I'm at. I feel you on that. And I mean, as you guys know, I haven't been hiding it. I've been still going to the gym and still doing all that stuff. So, well, you're an employee. You're technically yeah. there managing and, you know, being a part of maintaining a business through these hard times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I will continue that. I guess the only thing that's really affected me is restaurants and bars. That's it. It's been kind of hard, especially like from like a being, you know, in a relationship perspective, it's like, I, I think this weekend, Tay and I just watched like hours of hours of 90 day fiance. Yeah, it's like you're we're being forced into like the twenty fifth year of marriage. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's it's, and it's like huh? it's hard. It's yeah, hard, it's and I feel bad for like a lot of those couples. Apparently, like you know, the number of divorces and breakups that are going to happen from this is actually kind of sad. Yeah, but it's like you know, it'd be, it, I think a lot of boyfriends can speak for this, and many girlfriends. It's just mm-hmm. like sometimes I don't got shit to say, so let's just go someplace. Yeah, like I don't. I don't want to talk nonstop. I don't have yeah. everything to say at all times. So I'd rather us just like go do something mm-hmm. so that we can either create something to talk about yeah, or we can like, you know, silently enjoy this or silently enjoy something that is captivating. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I will see. And I'm just really hoping that not too many businesses have too many issues coming mm-hmm. out of this. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are very affected by this, uh, this pause that we've had to take. I heard Sweet Tomatoes is closed forever. Dude, Sweet Tomatoes fucking suck. <laughs> I know. I'm not that sad. I'm just... there, but I will say there are people that will defend Sweet Tomatoes. Yeah, bro, like, you might have pissed someone off. Whoa. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny that you say that. I was talking to a buddy of mine. There was a, uh, every time we go on a field trip, there was a yeah. principal, and they'd always go to Sweet Tomatoes Yeah, on those field trips. That was like the stop. And you know? everyone was just like, fuck, we hate Sweet Tomatoes. There's a bunch of kids like, I fucking hate Sweet Tomatoes. Yeah. And apparently, like, he was, like, hurt. He's like, because he's like, that was like his favorite restaurant. (laughs) And it's like, first of all, you're on a field trip with a bunch of kids. No one gives a shit what your favorite anything is. Yeah. They just want McDonald's. Exactly. Do you take us to a freaking Wendy's in in and out? Oh my God. And uh, coming from like, yeah, I grew up in Sierra Vista. So like those are like in and out was the shit. Chick-fil-A was the shit. Like all these restaurants we didn't have in Sierra Vista. Yeah. You take us to a sweet tomatoes. Are you fucking out of your mind? Are you kidding me? Like you you better. I could be getting nugs right now. Exactly. (laughs) I could be getting some Chick-fil-A sauce and some freaking spicy nuggies. Yeah. And you're out here taking me to a place that has salad and soup. Oh my god. That's what I go to Olive Garden for to fill up on before I get my oversized plate of pasta. There's no protein there. There's no protein in sweet tomatoes. Is there so there's no use. Yeah. It's useless. It's useless to me. Okay. Sorry. Another random tangent. No, I'm fine. I just threw it. We're out taking us. a two week break. These people need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully most of the places are still open. Uh, I know that as far as Arizona, you know, they're they're starting to do a lot more of, you know, the restaurants and stuff coming up. In-person stuff is coming right after that. I heard they're going to have to start doing, like, limited people as far as the restaurants and the gyms. Yeah, but like every other, like, limited. So I, I'm wondering if they had yeah. to do for gyms, like, how do they manage that? It's like, you get turned into, like, a bouncer. Maybe. I'm, I'm curious. Maybe they're only letting, like, one person per every other treadmill or something like that. Maybe. Maybe. You know, something like that. I, I know a lot of the gym uh, veterans or people who, the gym rats, are already expressing online how they're going to be pissed off by, like, the Zumba moms coming in and taking up spots if they have to, like, stagger their workouts, you know? 
Well, I think it's going to be interesting because I think this is going to have a uh, a New Year's effect. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to come out of this uh, quarantine having gained, like, a lot of weight. Like, yes. I was very lucky because I did that freaking juice cleanse. That really mm-hmm. saved the day on me, like, because I gained, like, five pounds. Now I'm, like, back mm-hmm. down, like, five less than where I was at. Nice, bro. And it was, I was sitting there like, damn, if I had, kept, like, kept up what I was doing, like, can you only imagine? So everyone's gaining, like, you know, severe quarantine weight. So now yeah. they're going to be like, oh, yeah, now I have the opportunity. Yeah, you're completely right. And I've been doing, we've been doing more online sales with my job, obviously, because we're trying to, you know, cater to people who don't have access to a gym. Not everyone can come and work out in person with us. So I've been fielding a lot of sales calls. And one thing I've been hearing is people gaining like upwards of 30 pounds and more. 30 pounds. 30 pounds during this. I gained five pounds in the first month. So I guess like in theory, I'd be up 10 if I hadn't have like done a hard stop. But damn, some people have gained thirty pounds. Damn. Yeah, this this one lady is like, she's like, I was working out six days a week, and I was you know eating right, eating my protein, doing cardio, doing lifts, stuff like that. She seemed like she was doing everything she was supposed to, and then you know lost access to the gym, and everything else went out the window, and she just like went into full quarantine mode. There's some pounds. posts I've been seeing on Instagram from yeah. a lot of uh, like. Uh, gym owners like trainers and stuff it's like uh it's like a picture of mcdonald's it's like critical it's like gym mm-hmm. like non-critical and yeah. i'm like sitting there and i'm like i think that that post can lacks a ton of perspective yeah because like a drive through mcdonald's is obviously far less likely to create like increased pandemic scenario than like a gym where everyone's touching everything mm-hmm. but i kind of see that where it's like our priorities are like goofy because like i think with like everyone has less vitamin d everyone has less ability to work out. Like I think people are forgetting that this quarantine is having like a devastating effect on like our health. Oh yeah. As like, it's like, obviously we're trying to stay healthy and not get sick from, you know, coronavirus, but our like personal health is like plummeting. Like I'm, I will not be surprised if everyone's getting sick from other stuff after this. Man, I'm about, I might be hijacking this by bringing this up, but did you watch the pandemic? uh, I guess doc. It's hard to call it a documentary because it's so one-sided. But did you watch the pandemic documentary? I did not. Was this? Um, it was that video that was everyone was sharing on Instagram. Like, watch this YouTube, you know, clip, and it was like this virologist who was saying that everything, all this stuff with the coronavirus was, you know, a move to make money. Oh god, and stuff like that. And it was like this YouTube video that kept on getting deleted. And I swear for. A, most of last week, people kept on reposting it on Instagram, and it kept mm-hmm. on getting deleted and reposted and up and down and stuff like that. So me and Nicole watched it, and they, they brought up some good points. And one of the points that I actually agreed with, this is probably one of the only ones that was actually valid. Okay, there's a lot of tinfoil hat shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just kind of like the Game Changers documentary, but this is only one of the only ones was they, they talked about how our immune systems work. Mm-hmm. And it said that our immune systems are like our muscles they're very similar it's like the more you use your muscles the stronger it is and it's like if you all of a sudden stop working out your muscles would shrink after 10 days yeah after 10 days you start losing muscle if your immune system doesn't have viruses and bacteria to fight off and new ones at that every you know week or so it drops it's like they tell you like let your kids eat dirt and shit it's like because that's what's going to make their immune system better Mm mm-hmm 
So they're saying like all these people who are isolating and staying inside and not going and exposing themselves and wiping everything down and washing their hands 40 mm -hmm. times a day, they're going to come out of quarantine and they're going to be in such a weakened immune system state that they're going to get sick from everything else except for the coronavirus. That is an interesting take. From what you described to me, it sounds like something I don't want to agree with, but I will agree with that statement that I do think that people are going to come out of this yeah, and they're going to be less capable of dealing shit not just with disease like, i think with like panic in general i think people love yeah. to panic so i think that anytime something pops up now people are going to be like oh shit yeah like what's going to happen next flu season like we have particularly Over bad flu seasons every once in a while we're never going to find toilet paper again i know right <laughs> i mean maybe the mask thing's a good idea every flu season we wear masks like maybe that's not a bad i mean they do it in china that's like culturally a thing there because it's such close proximity so like maybe we should stop fucking breathing on each other like i mean the regular strangers are gross like i think yeah. regular people who you just meet in the day to day like at the store they're gross like mm -hmm. you should probably not let those people be near you <laughs> no i agree especially on that i mean that that might be convenient for us uh what's it called um when you're not uh, introverts right or us introverts who don't like the, you know, touching of, every, you know, strangers and mm -hmm. stuff like that, that may be gone forever, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, like the handshakes and yeah, the, the hug, the random stranger hugs and stuff dude, like that. Dude, I actually <laughs> think it would be so weird. That's something I didn't even think about until someone mentioned it. It's like, yeah. what if, like, handshakes were never a thing ever again? It's like, weird. Like, what if we, like, tell your kids, like, yeah, dude, we used to just, like, walk up and greet people by shaking their hand. Now it's like, no, we don't do that now. Yeah, now we, that would just be like a weird like societal thing that we've always done. That suddenly it's like, yeah, no, nah, I just don't think I'm going to do that anymore. Now we just walk by people and look at our phones. Oh wow, <laughs> <That's how laughs> that was just a big boomer energy right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, kid bad, old good, old good, old phone good. bad. God damn it, the internet machines. All right, so let's let's move into what we actually kind of want to talk about <laughs> today. Uh, so. We've been in an interesting spot with our recordings and we've been kind of losing direction, just going off on random tangents. But I did want to refocus a little bit this time before we turn to our new format. And I want to talk a little bit about like entrepreneurialism and like the small business mindset. And when we got, when I recommended this, I was talking to Wes and I was saying, I want to be really careful about how we approach this mm -hmm. because I feel there's a lot of younger people with very limited experience who start offering uh training plans or uh what are they called the uh, i don't know like mind shares or whatever thing you pay for so that you sit there and like, mastermind masterminds yeah. yeah mastermind trainings like, so that how yeah. do you be a business marketing sales expert and you look at them and you look at their linkedin and it's like dude you graduated from I don't know, freaking Oregon State mm -hmm. two years ago. Yeah. I, and there's nothing on there about like your app that you created or small business or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like, nope, you've just decided that you can do this. And they've all been from like varying levels of success. And I wanted to like really avoid giving that vibe. And Wes and I have experience both in sales and starting things at a very small level. And I think we're getting some good traction in some areas mm -hmm. and we have other areas we want to improve in, but we want to offer this from a perspective of where we're at now and what we think is working for us and what we've seen. 
but we don't want to come at it from like, a, we don't want someone to listen to this and be like, oh, well, I actually have five businesses and I shouldn't take advice from you guys. Right. Frankly, if you want to take that shot at us right now, uh, why don't you come on for an interview? That would actually help everyone. <laughs> I think that would be great. So if you yeah, hate this, love to hear from you. you. Think I'm a fucking moron, and I should be talking about this. I would love for you to come on and explain to me why I'm a moron. That would, I would love nothing more than that. Yes. So, the, we also, Wes asked me to spell a word that I couldn't <laughs> spell, and I think I want to start out with that. And the, the word is entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and I couldn't spell it. But. Don't ask me to spell it. <laughs> uh, Wes, what is what is a entrepreneur? Well, if you ask Gary Vee, it's like people who are doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, kind of like what you said when these kids, they come in and they start their Twitch stream because they're trying to get Twitch famous, not because they like, you know, playing the game. And Oh, we talked about this. Like the, the people who want a lifestyle, they yes. want to do the work. They, yes. They want to be a business owner. They want to be famous, mm-hmm. but they don't understand that there's like a lot that comes with that. Like if you yeah. want to be a child actor, you have to go and be shit on in front of a bunch of people. Yelled at and, like. Mm-hmm. Humiliated. have a bad time if you want to be yeah. a business owner you have to like put money on the line and risk it mm-hmm. even if it's your parents money yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh it's it, so they're basically saying i want to be this mm-hmm. but i don't want to like you know suffer what yeah, it takes actually like want to you know work at a restaurant while they're saving money to start their website you know they don't want to like yeah. actually you know have to invest reinvest money into their business to make it grow stuff like that you know they're they're just doing it because they can put it on their instagram the number of people that we went to college with who have entrepreneur in their instagram bio and your question to them is entrepreneur of what yeah it's like you work at GoDaddy or something, or you, you, I don't know. Like I was working at Insight. It was like I knew several people had entrepreneur in there. Things like, I work with you every day, dude. What, you're not mm-hmm. doing anything entrepreneurial. Like I, I'm, not, I'm misunderstanding where the point is. Right. But it does look cool, and who doesn't love to throw that on their Bumble profile? Oh yeah, entrepreneur. Got to get the work for those swipes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it sounds flashy. And you know, one one thing about the entrepreneurs is I would say what just happened this pandemic and like, you know, economy rumble and all that stuff. That is what thins the herd right there. Mm -hmm. And it really makes people, you know, decide if, you know, are, am I actually going to try and build a business or am I going to, you know, do my other job or like Mm -hmm. commit to the career that I was in before, you know? So I feel like this, the people who can make it through something like this, are not entrepreneurs. They're actually like playing the game. And that's where I always, I shit on us fairly frequently about different yeah. things, but it's, we've talked about this multiple times where people ask like, oh yeah, so how much money does your podcast make? Uh, none. It doesn't make <laughs> any money, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I wish I could say that it made money. Like it is literally just yeah. a hole in my pocket at this point. Mm-hmm. But most entrepreneurs, I wouldn't, I mean not most, but a large number would say, especially ones that aren't providing a physical product, mm-hmm. all the physical product guys would probably argue there's a lot of upfront costs there, yeah. is uh, that it's not ever immediately profitable. It's very hard to turn a profit. I think most small businesses take a year mm-hmm. to become profitable. Oh, yeah. So not several years. Yeah. And that's like people who are selling physical products. So if you're trying yeah. to sell your image or your lifestyle, mm-hmm. it might take even longer. Because there's people who have like 100,000 followers on Instagram 
and they're still not making money. All they're getting is like, hey, we'll send you these free T-shirts if you wear it in a post. Yeah, we'll send you these meal preps if you post it every t- every fucking meal. Yeah, and free yeah. shit's awesome, Yeah, but that doesn't like pay your bill. bills. No. And that's what a lot of people misunderstand, and I think that that's where the sexiness of being an entrepreneur starts to kind of fall apart, especially for, you know, I think younger kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, you just have to enjoy doing it, and you have to have that entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a big, like, it's a resilience and creativity. I think that's necessary. It's Mm -hmm. like you have to be able to take the situation and be like, okay, well, I have to adapt and I have to change to a different, uh, you know, format. And then you have to be creative enough to make it work. And there was a, a thing that your boss told you once that has actually stuck with me was when you were talking about how he runs a business that's all about training people mm-hmm. and making them stronger and improving their lives. And when you ask someone like that, like, what's your passion? And you think their response is going to be, my passion is making people's lives better. Mm-hmm. But then you talk to him about it and he's just like, well, actually my favorite part of that these days is like the sales and marketing part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's like really hard for a lot of people to accept, especially people who are like uh, in the tech industry and want to like have an app or something. Yeah your product is only one part of the situation. Like you have to be a seller. All entrepreneurs are sellers. Yes. So even things that like, you know, I've struggled with this podcast is like, I just want to create a product, Mm -hmm. but then we have to like back up every fucking week and say like, okay, yeah, but we have to like advertise. We have to sell. We have to say to sell this to people why they should listen to this. Right. And that's something that I feel like is a big detachment. A lot of people say I have this amazing idea or I have this amazing talent, but you have to, be willing to go out there and explain to people per se why why they should care exactly why yeah. should I care start with why why should I care mm-hmm. and I think that that's a part that you know myself I've struggled with I mean I've worked sales since I've graduated from college it's mm-hmm. uh, it's I think a lot of people end up in sales and they just get stuck in a pit I'm one of those people mm-hmm. and I but I'm very thankful that it happened because it taught me a lot of really important skills right. that. I'm not someone who gains a lot of energy from talking to strangers, especially trying to get strangers to like do something for me, Mm -hmm. but I know how to do it and I know how to do it in a way that's not intrusive, aggressive or weird. Right. And I think everyone could benefit from trying to sell a used car. (laughs) Yeah. It's like communication skills to, you know, a a higher degree. You know, it's like you're, you're taking, I'm not, I'm not a dancer, but it's like you're taking the lead in a dance kind of. Yeah. You're guiding the conversation. Yeah. So, and it's something that, this is another thing I need to work on. It's like sometimes people ask about the podcast mm-hmm. and I like am very good at redirecting the conversation away from it. Oh, no. Because I feel yeah. like, oh, well, I mean, they're probably not going to be interested. Mm-hmm. But that's actually an opportunity to say, hey, this is something I do and you should listen to it. And even if it's not necessarily for you, you might know someone who listens to it. And that's like a really good way to start. And that's part of the reason why I want to start doing the Twitter thing is we can start going on to Twitter and just start replying to shit, just providing value to random people one by one by one. Gary V style. Gary V style. Exactly where I stole that from. Hell yeah. And the, and the opportunity there becomes if we just sit there and try and provide value at that base level, every one in a hundred people will give us a follow. So if you Mm -hmm. do like 50 to a hundred a day, that's potentially one new follower every single time you do that. And then that starts to compound upon itself. Mm-hmm. And then some of them transition to actual listeners. And that's, and that's a really like mind numbing grinding system, but that's how you do it. Yeah. 
the rewarding thing is that as you it accumulates in snowballs, and especially on Instagram, because when you get to like certain milestones, then it, they make your life easier with the algorithm and with features like the swipe up and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's funny because like success begets success in a lot of the situations, mm-hmm. and I it's like I was talking about with the Twitch stream. Um, you have like you're a new guy, then you're an affiliate, and that makes it so your stream is better. So like you can have like the best rig of all time, but you'll still be like behind a lot of the affiliate guys because they have more access. Then you have partner, which is even higher level, and it's just it's same thing with Instagram. You offer you better terms for how you can become better at this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that really leads into the sales journey or as a lot of people, you know, frame stories and movies and everything. And it's all based on the hero's journey, which is like a cycle. Like you've, you've heard of, you know, you know, any story like Beowulf back all the way to like Toy Story starts like this. I like you know, how you like, put Beowulf back to Toy Story. Or like from, Toy Story preceded yeah. Beowulf. <laughs> okay, I, I flipped it, sorry. <laughs> you know, Toy Story back to Beowulf. You know, so it's like, there. it starts out with the main character. The main character encounters a problem. And then the it, character then starts his journey to the unknown, right? Happens in every movie. Once he gets in the unknown, he meets the guide. The guide tells him what he needs to do. He encounters the bad guy and then wins. So That's basically what you're doing works. is you're providing a main character the tools they need to overcome their problem. Yes. So you insert yourself as the guide. And this is how every sale works that is done properly. Yeah. Now, they, they make the person who wants the product, the uh, con- the customer, the uh they want they make them the hero and the companies that fail to do this don't end up being successful with sales so they make them the hero and they position themselves as the guide who has the key to solving their problem and you do that through empathy and you do that through uh, having social proof and expertise and if you uh-huh. have those three things you can sell yeah I, that actually is I've actually ever heard the hero's journey as a term, but I, that is true. You want to, it's uh, a lot of people want to go product first instead of customer mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And that's when we start talking about like handling objections. Yes. It's, it's very rare that you meet someone who's just going to immediately accept that what you have is awesome. Like right. we can talk about the podcast. Like if I tell someone, yeah, I have a podcast. The number of people that are immediately going to respond. That's awesome. Are, fewer than you might expect uh, a lot of people are very supportive but that doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna think so it's like oh yeah i'm selling cars like that's cool do you have cars like do mm-hmm. you need one it's like ah, i don't really need a car well like what's some objections that you get in your sales you know when you're when someone's like no i don't want to buy this well so my background i sold uh used cars for a while which was hell and mm-hmm. then i worked in business to business it sales which was hell in a different way mm-hmm. and uh it was it was funny because most of the objections at the car level were easier because people came in. Right. And it was mostly about like price or reliability. And it was basically finding things like pain points. Like, what are you concerned about? And it was about empathy. It was saying, I don't care if I get this sale. I just want to make sure you're okay. Right. And if that means you go someplace else, that's fine. And a lot of people don't seem to accept that because they're like, oh, I need this sale. But at the end of the day for me, 
I always did pretty well because I was, I thought about it as if I can help you, I will help you. If I can't, right. then I'll, you, you should go someplace else. That's, that's a huge thing for sure. And that's actually why I got out of cars is because I was never able to become number one because I was never willing to go after like people who are in situations where like I didn't feel like I could actually help mm. them. And that's not to say that like car salesmen are slang or anything. I was one of them. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about the profession, but anyone who sells cars knows at least one person they work with who has good numbers because they're willing to go after the injured deer yeah. and say like, Oh yeah, I just, I just got into an accident. My insurance gave me this much money and I didn't think it was going to be this much. And I was like, Oh, well, you know what? That's a great down payment. Let's get you an even better car. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't have any credits. It's like, oh, don't you worry about it. We got you covered. And then it's, it gets to like kind of a slimy situation. It's like an ethical situation, right? Exactly. And that's something that I wasn't really willing to do. Whereas when I was doing the business to business IT sales, that's mm-hmm. where I worked at a reseller mm-hmm. uh, selling big IT things like Dell, HPE, Microsoft, all that stuff as a reseller to large businesses at a discount because they bought at large volume. Mm-hmm. At that position, I had to do a lot of you know, cold calling which it's funny because whenever people are getting out of college and they're thinking about their next job or their first job, no one wants to go into sales because they don't want to do cold calling. Because yeah. cold calling sucks. At least until you get numb. <laughs> exactly. You get numb to it or you get yourself a, yourself a client book and you don't need to be as much cold calling and you're dealing with like re- repeat customers. Right. But at the end of the day, it always goes back to cold calling. Yeah. And for oh, me, man. handling objections always came down to stuff like, okay, I already have a guy who sells me my IT. Mm-hmm. And my way of doing it was, that's great. I don't want to sit here and break up your your little thing. I don't want to be a home wrecker. Yeah. But how about we just like keep him honest? Send me what his last quotes were and I'll send you what mine's would've, mine would have been. Mm-hmm. And my value was in that. And then also when I had people who were slightly warmer leads, mm-hmm. I always provided lots and lots of options. Like I would like almost inundate them with options. Like first and foremost, here's what you asked for. Second, here's an alternative option that is slightly less expensive. And here's a third option that's actually slightly more expensive, but probably fits your needs better. And also, here's a, some other stuff that is uh, warranties or software or uh, like stuff like keyboards and mouse and stuff that go with all of this stuff. And like, I would just like... Over-provide value. I would over-provide every yeah. single time they got order. It wasn't just, hey, I need... 10 laptops mm-hmm. i'd be like here's the laptops you asked for here's this in case it gets denied by your finance guy here's this it's better in case for some reason you find more money and here's all the things that i think you might need alongside all of those laptops mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. nine times out of ten they're like oh, yeah thanks for all those fucking documents i'm just gonna buy the first thing you said yeah, <laughs> i'm gonna buy what i asked for but there's always that last guy who's like oh shit i almost forgot the warranties i almost forgot this oh it turns out yeah, actually, you know what? I actually forgot those better ones even existed. I was just sticking with what we were currently going with. And I remember Rob down the office said these ones suck. So yeah, I want to go with a better option. Damn, that's and another one. Other key pillars, uh, presenting yourself as the expert. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's and definitely that's sometimes that. harder than you think it is. Yeah. And for me, I was really good at finding people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I worked with, like engineers and stuff and I would bring mm-hmm. them on calls all, they hate, well, they hated and loved me because I gave them, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it looks better to your boss if you're in lots of meetings and stuff. <laughs> but uh, it was, I bring them, them into meetings even when they didn't need to be there just so it's like I had a guy who knew exactly the answer to everything. Right. And if you can't find that guy, become that guy. Yeah, it's hard, but it's doable. That's what you have to do to be good at sales. It's like 
one thing I've noticed is when you're delivering your product, if you don't know and feel confident in the data that you're trying to give them and sell, then you're not going to do a good job at the sale because they're going to not feed into that emotional uh, passion. Yeah. You know, especially selling to women because like women are emotional. So what you have to do is you have to really connect with them on that emotional level for them to trust that you are there to help them and provide them something that they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like one thing I've noticed with sales is I have trouble digging for enough pain with men because it's easy to dig for pain with women, you know, to get that emotional connection. But with men, a lot of the time they're more closed off or they're not willing to like, you know, get into the weeds. See, and I actually find that interesting because when I was in sales, I would say I had a good 50-50 of mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more women in tech than I think people give credit for. I think there's always this thing called the Silicon Valley and like, oh, there's only yeah. men there. But it's like the uh, one of the things that we would deal with was, you know, people saying there's all only men there. But if you go across the country, which where I was, you know, I was working across the country doing this. I was the whole West Coast. Like 50% yeah. of my CTOs were women. Right. And I liked working with them way more most of the time mm-hmm. um, because they were better at communicating what they needed. Okay. And they were more willing to share with me their pain points as far as like, hey, I'm not trying to cheat you. I just want to know. <laughs> right. Like, I, you don't have to buy it. I'm not here to like wrench your arm. Whereas I feel like with a, a lot of my male clients, it was like they were playing this game of like, oh, okay. Uh, I have to like maintain certain secrets so that you don't know. And I'm going to hide information and you yeah. hide information. We're doing like this dance. Yeah. And I thought it was really silly. And, and that's not to say all men were like that or all women. I had some female clients who were like freaking like would not communicate with me, period. It was like, yeah. they would say like, this is what I want. If you send me anything besides what I asked for, I will no longer work with you. And I had some men who were like basically my bros by the end of it. Yeah. And we were just like talking about like options, like what they were doing for the month and like having like mm-hmm. great time. Like we would just like have like casual conversations. Mm-hmm. But I think as a, uh, I think that plays more less to like gender and more of like, uh, I want to say like uh, attitude. I mean, obviously it's not like a polarizing, you know, statistic or anything. There's outliers and fluidity to mm-hmm. it, but I just, that's something I've noticed when selling fitness products to men or women. I think that that's true with fitness, yeah. but I'll tell you that much. Cause we've talked to all of your male, I've talked to several of your male clients and myself included. I think all of us were very, uh, <laughs> anti and yeah. we were not with it until we were no you're not like if i don't get this training i'm gonna die of diabetes and i'm not gonna watch my ninos grow up you know it's like that's I, not i don't think i've heard i don't know that i've ever heard a guy say that yeah <laughs> but then i have some females that are coming up to me they're like well if i don't do this i'm gonna get diabetes and die and then i won't be able to raise my kids and then they're like in tears and crying and, and then like, you have all the guys are like if i die i die yeah the guys are like uh I don't care about health. I just want to get some big biceps, you know? Hey, I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like one of those groups has a better reason for doing it. Probably a more sustainable one. <laughs> what is definitely- and, the, and the answer is biceps. Yes. That is the correct more answer. More sustainable. <laughs> yeah. And then it's funny because we were, we we're talking about like, you know, different people and handling those objections. And we talk about how like it starts with sales and like having that sales mindset, but it's like, what are you providing? Right. What is your service? What is your product? And who are you providing it to? Mm-hmm. Because you are p- providing like changes to lifestyle and fitness. A lot of, 
a lot of men think they already know what they're doing. Yeah. And a lot of women, I think, are more willing to admit that they know. Because like, the thing is, it's funny that I say that, too, because I find that women over in general know more about fitness than guys do because of just, like, the media and stuff. Or at least, like, nutrition. Yeah. You know, at least the nutrition part. Like, it, if you yeah. look at, like, a like a, a, a podcast directed at women, frequently I find that they, like, talk more about, like, health, uh, skin care, oh, yeah. uh, stuff like those, that booty yeah like it's just like it kind of comes out of it. but then men yeah. you know we have guys that watch fitness stuff but it's like fitness is like its own column entirely yeah whereas like there's some dudes who are like cars guns Sports, and it's baseball. it's uh it, i think that it allows some men to like back away from fitness and focus on their man thing mm-hmm. and they just assume they know things about fitness because they're macho because they did you know, half a semester of gym class. In, or like uh, they did four grade. years in the military yeah. and had their fitness directed to them yes. by someone above them. Oh, yeah. And they were skinny back then, so they know what they're talking about. Then, and that is where you have a product and a service and you're able to target certain groups more effectively. But then you have to ask yourself, okay, how do I provide this service to men? or individuals who are less likely to immediately gravitate to it. And that's when you really have to know your product Mm -hmm. and kind of understand the ins and outs and the pros and cons. I think especially the cons, Mm -hmm. if you don't know what's wrong with your service, then it's really hard to, because if someone brings you a really good objection, sometimes like back when I was selling cars, like I got some fucking awesome objections. Sometimes it's like, damn, it's like, that was creative. (laughs) I was like, I don't, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with you. That is that is actually true. I, I, you should not buy this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even want to try and sell this to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes back to, you know, one of the key uh, points is knowing your target audience. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you have to know that what you're selling is for the person you're selling it, not just like you can't sell a weight loss product to someone who wants to gain muscle, you know? Yeah. For example, that's just simplified. That's actually a good. That's actually a good example for you. Probably what your product is, because if you don't know your product well enough, or maybe you aren't. So maybe you're a trainer who's really good at getting people to lose weight. Yeah. And maybe you are just dog shit at getting people to gain mass. There's a lot of trainers like that. Yeah. Then that either says that you need to expand your abilities, or you need to double down on what you do well. Yeah. Stick to just your your lane. Yeah, and another thing that people do is uh, I've seen this work with selling fitness products is over uh, stacking and over providing value to your offer, not lowering the price. So, like, say you know you're charging two hundred a month for your program, and that's like, oh man, that seems expensive. I'm not really making a bunch of sales right now, and it seems like a lot of the objections are coming from financial reasons. You know, instead of like compromising on your uh sale you can add more to mm-hmm. the value so it's like not only are they getting their in-person sessions but they're also getting like you know weekly calls and you know pdf recipes and they're getting like a pre-workout uh sample every month or something like that you that know? is interesting and i i actually think that's super effective in the fitness industry too mm-hmm. because i find trainers who don't communicate with their clients well to be super insincere mm-hmm. and i don't feel that way as much with other products but also when you start adding this even if they're not even very high value so it's yeah. like okay hey uh i want to sell you this widget 
Yeah. And it can, it's going to cost a hundred dollars. Like, Ooh, that's a little expensive, but yeah, let me tell you there is more. <laughs> I'm also going to include, uh, you know, this, you know, sample of this. And I'm also going to give you this for a, uh, like a discount the next time you buy mm-hmm. and also it enters you into a raffle to win the next one that comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of these things are, it physically costs very little to nothing, yeah. but their value. Yep. They have, value. Va- they have intrinsic value and also mm-hmm. it creates stickiness. Right. Especially when you start offering like continued discounts or continued opportunities. Mm-hmm. So people who are interested in this product initially, right. Now you get this, or a lot of people will offer, uh, we had the, the steel supplements recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just paid for shipping. You got like a free shirt, a free blender bottle and a bunch of free supplements. All for uh, like a few dollars, a few dollars. I'm sure, the, I'm sure they lost a little bit of money through that, but then you have to ask yourself how many people are buying after these, their supplements are good. Yeah. I, I had no issue. I, I like all of them from their fucking pre-workout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not big on pre-workout these days, but if I was going to buy, they would be on my potential list. Right. And the shirt is, for, it's, it's, you know, in quotes, free advertising. Yeah. So now you are all over the place. People are seeing all these steel shirts and saying like, what the hell is steel? Google steel, steel supplements, first thing up top, ad, <laughs> Google ads. Yeah. And that's now you're driving traffic. So for a small cost, you're potentially lifting your touches and your purchases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I think that there's different tricks you can do to polish your product you know a lot of things that people do in there is they'll add a lot of subscription features and things that add continuous value over time like one thing that we will market to our clients is you know not only you know we can sign up for this program but you can also order meal preps from a partner company or you know have all these add-ons partnerships yeah partnerships are freaking huge Mm -hmm. because now you're sharing client books if you can find Cross, you know, there's crossover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of things with podcasts. We haven't really mm-hmm. done this ourselves yet, but a lot of people on forums uh, talking about podcasts is they like always say like try to find other podcasters mm-hmm. so you can do uh, co episodes or interviews and then like give each other shout outs and do each other's episodes. Mm-hmm. And I've done exactly zero to make that happen, but it's, Shit, I don't know very many other podcasters I don't know, right? in, in Arizona, Arizona at least. I'm sure we could find them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's, but yeah, it's an opportunity. It's a, you're basically cross-loading at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the Venn diagrams. <laughs> yeah. It's like if, okay, you do a fitness thing, we do a fitness thing. Yeah. Maybe there's some overlap in who would like both of our things. Yeah. And you know, it's sometimes you have to find a way to add value because like, you know, we're smaller it's it'd be hard for us to run up on somebody who's got like you know a hundred thousand subscribers mm-hmm. and be like hey we think we'd be really beneficial for us yeah, to we'll be mutual it's like it's nah. like yeah is that right <laughs> it's like it's know your place know your worth and it's yeah. when you have to start looking like what what product you provide what service because sometimes you have to remember when you're doing a favor and when you're receiving a favor yes very true and a lot of people have very little perspective on that yeah you got to be gracious And I mean, that leads us into, you know, the difference between sales and marketing because there is a difference. There's a big difference because as a true blue blooded, you know, salesman, I'll always be there in my heart. I'll be a salesman till the day I die, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. We hate marketing. (laughs) (laughs) We hate them. (laughs) 
but the best companies use them both together, obviously, as you can guess. But, you know, I, I, I like to think of it like this. Like, sales is what gets the bills paid. It's what keeps the product moving, mm -hmm. coming in and out. And then marketing is what gets the awareness and the word out there. Yep. Is that how you look at it? I would say macro versus micro. It's yeah. the salespeople are creating great, awesome experiences for the individual mm -hmm. so that you have that, like, low-level word of mouth, great experience coming back. Yeah, but marketing is what gets people to land on the website or to potentially even know the name of the brand. Yes, because sometimes name recognition is huge. Because mm -hmm. if you're being sold something and you've never heard of the name, it's like oh, I don't know if I want to buy that. It might be some bullshit from Wish.com. It's like freaking <laughs> janky, right? But it's like, oh yeah, oh steel steel supplements. Like I mm -hmm. there's some guys at my gym who wear their shirts. Yeah, like and they look like they they look like guys who pretty much know what's up. So yeah. that's probably a good product. Mm -hmm. And that's marketing is creating that that and advertising yeah, everyone's seen mad men mm -hmm. it's not so much even about selling the product it's about like selling the idea of the product yeah the the feeling right mm -hmm. experience and that's what it is it's like bottling up your essence and that's one thing that i've been working on with our uh with the media guy that uh is helping us out with the podcast and marketing and stuff like that he's been really making me slow down and dial in like the target audience, the um, situation they're in, their like, you know, mental, you know, desires, cues, and tendencies, so that all the like product can be specifically targeted towards that. So yeah, I think like the the companies that do that, they they end up speaking to the right audience as opposed to just you know hoping that they get lucky. Yeah, like when you offer like a niche product, yeah, like if you're Walmart. Or like Target or places that have like multiple items, mm -hmm. you can literally just blah, like have everything advertised to the world. Right. I sell stuff. When you sell just hiking gear, well, you probably should only be advertising to people who are in proximity <laughs> to or have the ability to hike. Who give a fuck about hiking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're like freaking advertising to inner city double amputees mm -hmm. as a hiking boot company. Mm -hmm. Oh well, that's probably a waste of ad spend. They uh, they probably don't need that many hiking boots. Yeah. Um. But if you're targeting like a city in Colorado that's right next to the Rockies, mm -hmm. that's probably really good ad spend. Oh yeah. Those are people who are looking for it. They're using it, and they're potentially needing new ones. Very true. Yeah, and that that's the beautiful thing about social media marketing and the ads and all that stuff is we're actually able to target not nearly as like sniper targeting as people think, but mm -hmm. you know, we can get closer than I'm just going to put this on the TV station and hope that the right person sees it and buys my product. It's like a shotgun blast. So like yeah. you have like the big guys who are using like nuclear warheads yeah. and you have people like us who are doing these shotgun blasts in a direction, seeing how it works. And like, we can't at this point get to like a sniper level. I don't think we ever will, but what yeah. we can do is throw anymore, a, we least. can throw a choke on it mm -hmm. and we can say, Hey, we are doing really well in this demographic. Mm -hmm. So let's throw a choke on it and kind of focus in that area. Mm -hmm. And it, it, with being like on YouTube, on podcasts, on you know Twitch streaming, it, you your personality is basically what people are locking into, what you offer and what your personality is. So you have people listen to the podcast because they want information. Then you're going to have people who just like us. Like mm -hmm. they're like, okay, yeah, I mean, the information's great, but that's, I just like that dude. And you then start to realize, okay, I've created this following. And it's uh, sometimes you have these issues with people who create characters for themselves and get locked into it. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, people who either go like really extreme, like 
there's always like those those right wing guys who like go like really crazy and like they have like this really uh, super uh, like Colbert. Yeah, Colbert was an awesome example of that because he was completely like ironically playing a character. Yeah, but yeah, he drew in a huge number of conservatives, and then when he got done with Colbert, he like took a huge dip in like his fan, his fans because they're like. I came here for Colbert. It's like, well, I am Colbert, but that was like a character. And you're like, no, 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 you were Colbert. We want to see the craziness. You were the, you were the guy who wasn't John Stewart. You were the opposite of John Stewart. Yeah. And that's sometimes you got to be careful about like what you're projecting and what you're deciding is who you're wanting to be and who your fan base or your, the group you're marketing to is like, is that where you want to be? Because like, be careful with it. Cause if you go for the easy run mm-hmm. or at least, or the one that's working, like if you go down the p- path of least resistance, you might end up in a place that you don't like as much. Yeah. It's like, uh, Chris Evans is always going to be Captain America now. It's like, you know, guess what? He oh, can, he can bail. America, if, right? He can bail if he wants, but yeah. he's still Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Everyone will always think of him as that just, you know, stuck with the character, which I guess that kind of talks about like brand awareness. It's what is your brand? Yes, and who is your audience? Exactly, because like, I feel like some days, like we still are figuring out who, what our brand is and who our audience is. I think we've started to find more of a stride as we go along. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like okay, we're small enough still and nimble enough to where we can kind of jump around a little bit, right? And but then you have people who like you get too big, and it's like, well, this is where you're at now. So is your brand where you want it to be or where you need it to be? And how do you like, you know, you know, use that? Yeah. Are you bringing in your ideal client or not? You know, that's, that's a good indicator. Right yeah, there. that is actually an excellent question. It's like, yeah. is that, is that who you want to be working <laughs> with? It's like, sometimes you want to kind of be like, oh, well, you should take what you can get. Well, it's like, well, yeah, but like that's what beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, at some and point you got to start getting picky. You don't want to yeah. be a beggar. That's not yeah. like your end goal. No one wants to be forever like just taking hand to mouth what they can get. Mm-hmm. You know, and also it's like you got to worry about the burnout on that. And yeah, that's that. That's about creating who you are from the base. And I hope we're doing a good job at that at this point. I feel like we've stayed pretty honest who we are. I think we're just going to have to like start like tightening up the corners. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that you know, we're still in a stage where we do need to take what we can get, but we can start, you know, aiming towards a certain audience for sure. And I think that as we get more data and more statistics, we can really focus on which, you know, episodes and which type are the best for getting and cultivating our audience that we want. Because, I mean, obviously we'd want to get an audience that, you know, would be providing questions and providing like, you know, feedback in which we can continue to refine and build our processes. You know, we want something that where, you know, we can interact with our audience to the place where we can provide them more with the information they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be ideal, I think. Which leads us into my favorite topic that we put on here Mm -hmm. was the real followers. And we said versus paid, but I almost want to call them fake followers but I don't want to use the word fake followers because people just think you bought them. And the example I was giving you earlier was with uh, Twitch streamers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Instagram and Twitter people, I'm sure, do this too sometimes. But the idea is if I get blank number of followers, I'm going to have this raffle. Yeah. And they range from very small to like a Switch or like a, a full PC build or like $1,000. Mm-hmm. And obviously different varying sizes of uh, a person can do different size of things. As I told you, the smallest one I ever saw was $5 for if they had a hundred followers. I was just like, I, I don't do shit for $5. <laughs> um, 
but I've also seen it where like a guy like was offering a $2,000 PC build, but it was like sponsored. Right. And we've like discussed doing stuff where it's like, okay, we're going to have this raffle or something. But then we've also decided, well, is that like the kind of follower that we want to create where it's someone who's only showing up because there's potentially something to get from it. Right. But then we have like Dylan, who is a great example of someone who's doing it correctly. Yeah. And actually you describe his model best. You want to kind of give a, yeah, he does giveaways and products and he'll do one every week and he'll have like, you know, in order to enter in for the giveaway, you have to repost this on your story and tag three friends in the comments. You know, that's considered a good entry. And you get like 1,200 people to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've just tripled the amount of people who have looked at your post just with the uh, tags and then not including your repost. And he's done an interesting change recently where he was originally just doing his dab caps, which are a relatively inexpensive thing to hand off. Is like, hey, I can give like, I can give like three away a week. I can do yeah. that. That's not going to like, you know, break the bank for me at all. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do that. It was something that people wanted, especially people they were sharing with. And it was doing really great traction and people were getting what they wanted for. They did an easy task. He handed them a relatively low price prize, but they really Mm -hmm. wanted it right now. Recently he's been doing it again, but he's offering uh, a larger prize and And he's offering devices that Mm -hmm. require a dab cap for use. Exactly. (laughs) So you have to buy it after you win. Exactly. Exactly. But when you create a prize at large, you're saying like, Ooh, like I actually kind of want, like I wouldn't even, I don't even have a use for that thing. And I was kind of like, I kind of don't know. Kind of what that's expensive. Like, like, I, don't, like, I don't know why I want it, but <laughs> like yeah. I have zero use for this, but yeah. I want it. It looks cool. <laughs> and uh, like I just keep it in the corner, use it as like a freaking uh, essential oils vaporizing. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's for essential just, oils. Just dropping bergamot drops in there. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the so you kind of have varying levels where he's doing it correctly because he started out small with it, right? Small but it, valuable. Mm-hmm to the people who wanted it. And then he was able to expand it to a point where he's got a large enough following and so much of his following already has his original product that now he's offering things that are like pretty dope. And they're like, oh shit, like that's not only getting continued engagement from the mm-hmm. people he's already has bought in as buyers. Oh yeah. Now they're bringing in more people because if, you know, you tag three friends and they see that also, they're gonna be like, oh shit, I'm gonna tag three people too. It, it, the products that he's giving away are very relevant to his audience. Exactly. Yeah. So it's funny because it's like he's like his raffles beget yeah. clients because also if they use his product, then other people will see it, potentially want it. If they want it for free, then potentially he gets more purchase, at least one purchase from someone seeing it. Boom, he just made that money back. Right. Or the product that he's doing now is a larger, more expensive product, but it is used in correspondence with his current product. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just them creating like this, this cycle that's bringing people back to him. And it's really smart. And I don't think a lot of people do raffles that well, mm-hmm. but it, usually it's just like, you know, a giveaway for cash or something like that. Yeah. Cause right. I think that fitness, uh, like, like BPN, mm-hmm. they a couple of times did like gym stuff, okay. which was like cool. And I think I entered it. I don't remember, but it was like, uh, you know, if I got this, these gym things, that does not mean that I'm going to use more BPN mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, another one of the, what are they called? They're the massager machines, like the guns. Oh, yeah. They all the time give giveaways. That's true. I and, have seen those. But I will say that I had a buddy who won one of those not too long ago, and all I think was like, God damn, I really want one of those. Have you ever won a giveaway? Um, I mean, yeah, I think, but I couldn't remember what. Like, I have, like, a vague memory of having it at least once. I must have not been that cool then. Yeah, it wasn't, like, <laughs> something that I was, like, super stoked on. 
if you won like a hypervolt, I bet you'd yeah, remember. Yeah, exactly. But he, but yeah, he won it, and all I could think was like, damn, I really want. I actually went to their Instagram page, and then I looked, and it was like, that's expensive, and I like backed out. But that means that there's if even a small, small, tiny percent uh, percentage of those people who see it convert into customers, then it was worth it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, that's true, and I think there's the right way to do it, the wrong way to do it. Like you've all seen those giveaways for you know some thing you don't care about. That's mm-hmm. obviously the wrong way to do it. You were mistargeted. Yeah, like if we offered a hundred dollars to you guys to, we post a thing, uh, post this with three friends, yada yada yada, and we'll do a raffle for a hundred dollars. The vast majority of people who enter that probably have never listened and will never listen. Right. And there was a big thing for a while with like uh, really popular Instagram and YouTube people, like people like Mr. Beast and stuff, where they were doing ones where like, here's a picture of me sitting on like a nice car. And if you share this with three friends, follow these people, do this, like there's a $10,000. It was like huge prizes. Yeah. But they were getting like millions upon millions of shares. Cause mm-hmm. like there are people who were like, dude, I don't even like Damn, this Lizarian guy. And did that. Yeah, I remember. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't even like this dude, but like I can't pass up. It's like, yeah. you don't even have to pay the price of a lottery ticket. Yeah. And it's like, so, but like, is that the kind of engagement that's actually effective? Maybe at that level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, because yeah. at that point, it's just like they're advertising things. So it's just about getting likes and views. And like, yeah. if the advertisers feel like they're getting enough views, and yeah. But if you're trying to, at a small level, like where we're at, yeah, let's roll it back. No. Um, if you have a bunch of followers, say like our Instagram was like popping with followers, mm-hmm. but we were still at the same level of downloads, then we're not advertising because the Instagram is to support the podcast. The podcast is to support the Instagram. Right. Yeah. The Instagram, I don't care if the Instagram gets a, you know, 10,000 followers or not. Uh, what I care about is that yeah. the people download and listen to the podcast. If that's not translating. <laughs> yeah. if, if our followers don't yeah. translate to downloads, then yeah. it's what, what was the point? Right. Exactly. It's, and that's something we kind of, uh, you have to like balance. That's why we talk about the real versus paid fans. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, I feel like there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who are willing to pay for services to get fake likes, to get fake views, to uh, get a ton of fake followers. Like it's like these mills in China where they have Mm -hmm. like hundreds of phones and there's like liking and following a bunch of people because it will bring them up the ranks of the algorithm. Oh yeah. Like those bots and uh, apps and stuff that you Mm -hmm. can get. I mean, I tried one on my regular Instagram and, I definitely noticed a decrease in the, uh, like, what's it called? Engagement in mm-hmm. my posts. You know, yeah, I had, like, a couple hundred more followers, but... They weren't know, good they, followers. They, yeah, none of them provided good comments or, you know, even liked my shit. You know, they're just there sitting in my, you know, following column. Exactly. It's yeah. like, what's what was the point then? Because it's like, we've talked about, there's, a, there's like, a theory that talks about how having, like, it's better to have, like, a hundred ride or die, like... In like uh, followers mm-hmm. or fans than it is t- to have like a thousand like ugh, fans. Right. Because those are the ones who are going to pay to your Patreon. Those are the ones that are going to buy your merch. Right. Those are the ones that are going to support you when things are potentially bad. And those are the ways that you're going to like increase your business. Like you don't want people who just like to follow you because they think that's a popular thing to do. Like you want people to be like in your corner. Right. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Well, we are actually over the hour at this point. Damn. Okay. This one went pretty good for another slightly off the cuff. Uh, I like talking about this kind of stuff, mostly because it's like 
less of an exercise of like me telling people how to do business stuff. It's almost mm. like just like a discussion for us right. to like think about it. Cause it's like, I think we have a ton to learn and oh, I course. actually hope this pisses somebody off who knows more about business than Maybe we do. Maybe we will learn something from them. I would love that. <laughs> I like, that's what I'm saying. Like I love criticism. I love yeah. when people like want to say something. Cause it's like, I love when people get mad about stuff cause it gives them an opportunity. Like, Hey, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell me what was stupid about this. I would love mm-hmm. to know why this was stupid. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not like sales ninjas or like fucking, you know, small business uh entrepreneur kingpins yeah like if i ever start offering like a freaking like oh yeah buy my course (laughs) on how to do this i'm like i just know i've sold out yeah because there was like that one guy who's like offering like a how to start a podcast course that he's selling and i'm like bro Mm -hmm. you can google all of this stuff for free yeah like all the instructions are there for free you don't need this or like Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. It was, just, it was, it was just like one of those things. Like I followed the guy for a completely different reason. Yeah. And I lost a ton of respect for him. Cause I was just like, dude, like there's one thing to like offer someone like your services as a producer to make their lives easier, but to mm-hmm. like try and make it seem like there's a, a cost barrier for entrance into something like a podcast. Oh yeah. Is like, it's asinine. Everyone's gotten those Instagram messages like, Hey, check out my page. I, feel like it can really be a good help, you know, expanding your profile. And then you go and you check them out and they have 159 followers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you are following like 2000 people. You have less than 200 people following you back and you want to grow my Instagram. Yeah. dude. Not that I have a shit ton. It's like, but I know that you're not doing the right thing with that. Well, then you have people who are even better fakers. It almost makes yeah. it worse. Like there's, uh, I don't follow her anymore, but it was this, girl who i started following her Mm -hmm. all she posts was like booty pics like she was like a fitspo like i knew exactly why i was there (laughs) and it was because she was hot and then she hit like a hundred thousand followers on instagram yeah and overnight she became a lady boss social media she became a lady boss yes it was a lady boss. <laughs> it was a, but she became like a guru on how to grow social media. Mm-hmm. And she was providing these, uh, you know, classes and seminars, probably seminars and charging for it. And I felt bad because a lot of people were really into it. And I'm like, I've been following you for a couple years now. And the advice you're giving is not show your ass until you get a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. And that's how you did it. <laughs> so I'm seeing a big disparity in what you're offering and your reality. Did your content change? Oh, vastly. Yeah. I'm I thought sure it, it was boring. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not it trying started to... being like business posts as opposed to it booty posts. All business and like positivity and stuff. And like, that's not to say that I don't follow people like that, but hers, like I knew like it was so insincere to me because mm-hmm. I follow people. Like, I mean, I follow like freaking Gary Vee. I follow some people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, follow the Jockos of the world. And, but I was like, nope, nope, nope. I know that what you're selling is not what you did. Right. And I find that, and that's not to say that you can't do that, but in her situation, it was like, she's like, I know how to do this because I did it. I'm like, you're not selling what you did though. No, she's not. It's not how they got there. And the same thing, you can see the same thing in the fitness industry. It's like, oh, you can eat pizza and do my diet. And it's like you may be eating pizza with this current physique, but that's not what you ate to get here. Well, oh yeah. That and like the shake yeah. weights and shit. Yeah. It's like some fucking dude who's like shit stacked like a brick house and he's like fucking jerking off the shake weight. And nah. like, this is how you get ripped. It's like, that's just no. That's not how you, you did not there, get bro. there with a shake weight. That's no. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put that down right now. I promise you. <laughs> and it's, it's super insincere 
and it's it's like all those guys who have like their small uh, supplement brands, and that's not to say all of them, but a lot of them are freaking like doing steroids, mm-hmm. and they're saying like, if you use my pump gainer, you can be strong too. And it's like, yeah, yeah, with a few, couple CCs directly in the ass, you too <laughs> can be just as big as me. You have to eat clean and trend hard. Exactly. That's We'll end on that. <laughs> as you guys know, you can always follow us at BNS underscore radio. During the two weeks we take off, I'm going to make sure we still get some posts up so you guys don't forget that we exist. We are yes. still around. We are not bailing. We're just taking a quick break so that we can bring you better superior content so that you guys can have a great time and you can find me at dimitri sebastian on instagram and i'm gonna start plugging my twitch because i am gonna get there i'm buying a new pc guys i'm upgrading i'm spending money that i don't need to spend on something and i'm very (laughs) excited about it and i'll update you on that as we move forward but you can find me at dem seb on twitch d-e-m-s-e-b and west Yes, you can find me at W-K-E-N-D-L-E underscore M-F-T on Instagram, uh, Wesley Kendall on Facebook. Uh, please submit your listener questions. Uh, th- this will be a good opportunity to, to bank them up so we can have a bunch of them coming at you guys when we get back. So please send those in. Thanks, guys. <laughs>